he hasn't produced. Work and wait. Come kick it in the break room. And here we go. Episode number five of the break room. I'm Tommy. He's Rex. Sam is here. Gentlemen, Sam, you're in that awesome LSU hat. How are you doing on this Thursday evening recording? Um, I'm doing all right. I mean, the Colts kind of fucked themselves today, so we'll get into that. But I've been stuck inside for the last three days with this uh, winter storm. I think we got about nine to ten inches on Monday and then another two or three last night. So I'm just kind of going a little stir crazy right now. Brutal. Rex, how are you? I don't know. Just living the dream, chilling. We're at the point where in Jersey that there's going to be a, spo- a snow bank until fucking May with how much we're getting, and it's just piling up and will never melt. I guess I didn't realize how much we got in Cleveland until today. Actually, I was I was getting home, and uh, my sister lives near me, and she was walking her dog. And our, the dog's like, it's a Newfoundland lab mix. So he's a big motherfucker. And he was like just barely like poking out of the snow. And I'm like, oh, we we got a lot, I guess. Um, because the, the roads have been fine and I've I've been shoveling to make it manageable enough. So I was surprised. Yeah, sho- shoveling. I, I I was supposed to go in for I went in at 2 a.m. to start a new job on Monday morning and went in, went home or got done around eleven, then came home, had a little nap went back in for the second round of the storm and they were like, Oh yeah, we're going to have a 22 hour push. And I was just like, Nope, not doing that. <laughs> started Yikes. and and started at the end of the job on Monday. So. <laughs> well, Sam, so you if were- you're hiring, reach out to at Samuel Murphy on the, or Samuel <laughs> underscore Murphy 20. There it is. There Give him that is. reference. Get, get that bonus <laughs> for referring them to a job. Cause I know my company gives you like a grand if you refer someone. So get Sam a job. 2021 there it is there it is get sam a job 2021 i love it all right but sam you alluded to it in, in when i asked how you are we're as a podcast we're in the in the, the best spot here because we got the biggest sports story since the super bowl and then we have a philly fan and a colts fan and a trade changing hands of quarterbacks as carson wentz goes from philly to indy for a third excuse me, a third and a conditional second rounder as the Eagles take the biggest cap hit in a trade in NFL history. I mean, let's start with you, Sam, as you're getting a new starting quarterback. Walk me through your emotions right now. How are you feeling about this trade? I mean, we have a fucking bum at quarterback. This guy sucks. (laughs) I mean, I've been... I've been sitting back ever since like twenty like 2018, 2019, 2020, sitting back, kind of laughing at Eagles fans' pain, just having to have Carson Wentz under center every game. And now I I didn't want to believe that it was a possibility. I thought it was just gonna be like, oh, like, yeah, he had a good year with Frank Reich, but nobody's gonna be that dumb to actually trade for him. And lo and behold, my fucking franchise is that dumb. And so, you know, yeah. it, it's it's very nice talking about somebody else's dumb moves for a change. Yeah, um, you're a Browns fan, and you're you're a Browns fan on the podcast, and you have the most stable quarterback position on the podcast. You're damn right, I do. <laughs> you're damn right, I do, and I'm basking in this glow. Well, I am 
Go Tommy, ahead. there was a week when we played each other and it was the rain game. And I yeah. legitimately sat on my orange couch for an hour and thought, would I rather have Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz for the next three years as my quarterback, regardless of the contract? And I literally sat there and just contemplated it and just kept you thinking. Come to? Neither was my no, like ultimate there's answer. There's a very but, clear answer. There's yeah, a there very was, clear answer. There's, there's a very clear answer now. But at that point in time, Sam, there's a song by Bon Jovi called Living on a Prayer. And that's what the Colts franchise is going to be doing for the rest of that. And yeah. that's what I was doing for the past three seasons. It was perfect that my troll toll was him still in the Eagles jersey as the last one of the pod. And he got traded on the next episode. Like, I keep thinking back to that MVP to B season. He played 13 and a half games. Looked like the top guy out there. And then ever since then, I mean, I'm convinced this is tinfoil hat Rex. He's very Christian from North Dakota, went to North Dakota State. He got married two years ago. The first time he had sex. Now he stinks. It's at like football. it's like uh Samuel with the hair. <laughs> yeah. Sam- Samson. Samuel? Samson, thank Samson. you. Samson. Samson's the hair. And then Carson Wentz is nut. <laughs> I mean, the I said it on the last one, the Eagles gave him all chances to thrive. They traded five draft picks for him. They're getting two back in return. The second can become a first under some conditional gypsy laws. But we're taking a $33 million cap hit next season. So kind of just got to have to take it with a grain of salt next year. Luckily, we somehow got Jalen Hurts. I still think that was a spite pick more than anything else. But we lucked our way into not having a terrible situation, and we just have to take a cap hit, and then we're free of a bad decision. So it's the best way to, I guess, look at it and spin cycle it. All right. I mean, so- you're just going to be in the same position with Jalen Hurts in a few years anyway because, I mean, he's never lasted more than a full season anywhere before, so I don't, I don't see it happening in the NFL. I mean – yeah, it, we're living on a prayer. I don't, I don't like the trade. I, the Colts are going to have to spend some more money just to try and make this work. Like I don't, it doesn't make you better than the Bills. It doesn't make you better than the Chiefs. It doesn't make you better than the Ravens or Steelers or Browns. And I mean, it like it, it doesn't. It, I don't even think it makes you the best team in your division. So what the fuck are we doing? Why are we trading first for this guy? Would you rather have another year of Philip Rivers or Carson Wentz? Philip Rivers. Wow. Because so I know his I know he's gonna be done for at some point. So here's my take on this trade. And I I, I hope this makes you feel a little better, Sam. Because I want to I want to back you off the edge. I want you to make it to episode six. I I want you to see episode six. I don't want you to, to, to end up jumping off the roof of your building. Because that, that's where that's what I'm hearing out of you now. <laughs> Carson Wentz has played. Ever since those MVP or that MVP caliber season, looking over his shoulder for the boogeyman, and whether the boogeyman was Nick Foles or Doug Peterson or Jalen Hurts, there was always the, the, the shadow of the Grim Reaper standing on the sideline for Carson Wentz. And I, I, this is why I think that the Dolphins did a giant disservice to Tua this year by playing them the way they did, where you know, you throw a pick and all of a sudden it's, it's Fitz magic time. I think that, that, that Carson Wentz in a system with his former quarterback coach 
and where he doesn't have the boogeyman looming on the sideline, I think we're more likely to see a regression to MVP caliber or not even MVP passable Carson Wentz than chaotic Carson Wentz that we've seen lately. I just think he's not a competitor. Oh, that's the way you can look at it. That way is anytime he had some sort of competition, anytime there's some, any bit of doubt, he just crumbled. Look, we're trying and to talk Sam off the ledge here, Rex. He's <laughs> no, not, I'm not winning. All he's ever, he hasn't won any playoff games. He hasn't done shit for his team. Like all these Colts fans are like, oh my God, like he led this team to a Super Bowl. No, he fucking didn't. He's thrown four passes in his playoff career. Like that's it. What has he done? He has not proven anything and he fucking sucks right now. Well, he took a dirty ass hit from Clowney, which really ruined his one time of having a legitimate playoff run. But still, I mean, we gave up five picks for him. I think Tommy's team got all of them. So, and if you look back and look at the 2016 draft, where I think two of them were, they nailed on both of them. That was, if you like, just as a objective wise, the Browns 2016 draft is the reason why they're here at this point. And what they gave up, the Sixers also gave up a lot to get a first round pick. And Wentz has turned out to surpass, in my mind, worse than Fultz. And what Philadelphia gave up, what he given back on the court, like maybe Wentz giving us the playoff position and giving Foles the home field advantage until the Super Bowl was probably a huge benefit. And you could argue that outweighs the Fultz trade, but the money situation, the return on investment, just, I mean, I neither, don't, of them I don't were, neither of them were good in the Philadelphia media. Both of them just drowned and never could survive. So that's just where, just given what was expected of them, where Fultz was supposed to play third fiddle. Wentz was the golden child. They made, three or four moves around the entire franchise out of them. And I did not think in five years he'd be out of the franchise. Likewise. Speaking of, speaking of the 2016 drafts, I sent you all this earlier, but little nugget from 2009 to 2016, 22 first round quarterbacks taken zero remain on their team. As that's, that's wild to me. Unbelievable. Like not one has stuck. 2009 to 2016. I mean, that's the 26, the 2015, 2016 makes sense, but the 2009s I can understand. Like, I bet, like, who are the 2009 quarterbacks? Because I bet a lot of them are just out of the league at this point. That's an 11 year career. Yeah, I mean, I think after one, the worst part that pains me is Dak might be the best quarterback drafted in that time area because Russell would be the only other one that could be fringe on it, but I believe he was before 09. Does that no, Russell does that, was Russell was like 12. Yeah, so that's where I know Russell was then Russell's obviously the best out of all of them that are still in the league since then. But I think Dak would be number two then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you said it pains you. Does it pain you just because you're you're a uh Eagles fan, he's a cowboy? Yeah, and he sends shitty dick pics. Um, what else does Dak do, Terrell? I mean, he's he's a whole benefit of that offensive system in that line. Dak I, was what a fifth rounder? 
Fourth, I think. fourth. Yeah, Dak was the one yeah. quarterback. I can. He is one quarterback. I will take my victory lap on because I watched him play one game at Mississippi State, and I said, "Man, I would love if the Browns got him." And because I'm like, I think he's gonna pan out in the league. And he slipped into the fourth round. I'm like, man, there's, there's something that I, I, I guess I just got misled. And then just sure enough, knocked out on freaking spring break. You can't have your quarterback getting knocked out like that. I mean, Baker got got tackled by a cop. He's well, that's a cop. He's, he didn't just get like. I mean, you can't have your quarterback walk around freaking Daytona Beach just. You taking, also can't have your quarterback getting caught from behind by Paul Blart. True, but I mean that's still, a better. That's easier to defend than getting knocked out on spring break. The biggest thing you can't do as a quarterback though is put your team down fourteen points in every single game like Dak has done, and then you thrown for three hundred garbage yards because you have Cooper, Lamb, Zeke, and you have all the talent around them to. All right, we're going to play a little bit prevent defense, get all these garbage points after you're already losing. That's fair. Dak, Dak was at the top of my quarterback wish list, and we got the shittier <laughs> NFC's quarterback, and I'm not happy about it. Um. So so the conditionals for this second to become a first, Sam, is Wentz plays 75% of the season, or I'm sorry, 75% of the snaps, or Colts make the playoffs. Which of these is more likely in your eyes? Colts to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. like – I. I I don't think he's he's only played a full season twice in his career, and the Colts are bringing back a playoff roster with the second most amount of cap space available. Yeah, but you just so, said this guy's worse than the quarterback that barely got you. Yeah, guys but the, the defense is but the defense is good at like the defense is good enough. The offensive line is good enough, and they're probably going to go try to sign an Allen Robinson or somebody else. Like the pieces around him are just going to be good enough to where. They're going to make a wild card spot, but they're not going to. Are we keeping the winning for next year? Oh, yeah. It's it's permanent. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that wasn't a COVID change and that was a permanent change. You're hoping for a Ravens type of run with Joe Flacco. But your biggest issue is the offensive line. You've seen Wentz can perform at an above average rate when you can protect them. And the other biggest thing that Wentz has been compared to in his career is Andrew Luck. So I think it's kind of fitting that he's ended up there with a lot of hype. Keep those very two similar skill set. Those two do not belong in the same sentence. Why not? Because <laughs> I've watched Andrew Luck like come back from 30 points down in a playoff game in his rookie year. Like I've seen what he can do. Carson Wentz hasn't done any of that. Ooh, all right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the, the other team on the table was the Bears, allegedly, for Carson Wentz. Uh, just from a Carson Wentz perspective, we're in agreement that the Colts is the better situation for him, right? Yeah, I mean, it could have helped Philly to bring back Nick Foles. But... Nine-inch Nick. Uh, he, he, he can't be a starter, so I guess being the backup to Hurst would be the best part about him when there's no expectations he succeeds. But I You think also can't strike here. lightning twice. Yeah, I also think it would have been funnier if the Bears got him because they gave up so many draft picks for Mitch, and now you're giving up more draft picks to replace him with not a considerably better quarterback. That would so be the ultimate Bears move. Yeah, it would have kept trading Wooder at like being a five to eight win team. So it would just been right on par for them. So it's kind of surprising that they weren't the ones who overpaid for him. That would have been the quintessential Bears move, and I would have loved it. Uh, Why are you gears- a Bears hater? I'm not a Bears hater. I am a keep the bad teams down because my team's finally good hater or lover. 
So are you just all in on Lions hate 24-7 then? No. Well, no. You think they're worse than you. That's why you did. That's why you replied. That he thing. doesn't hate them. He, he knows how they <laughs> The Lions are po- – dude, the Lions are your little brother that you, at some point you feel bad for. Like the Bears yeah, – yeah, The Browns fan calling people little brothers. I mean, who – Yeah. Who, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, at some point the redheaded stepchild gets up and punches back. <laughs> I guess the Eagles were the mega redheaded stepchild because we locked our way into a Super Bowl. You've been to two we were Super Bowls in, in your life. Don't give me you the redheaded stepchild. Uh, you could just like make the playoffs and just lose in horrible fashion each year. I'll know which one's better. I ask a Bengals fan. That's <laughs> zing. <laughs> um, all right, let's switch gears to baseball. Fernando Tatis resigns, or I'm sorry, extends with the Padres. 14 years, 340 million ugh, fucking McDoubles. Um, this guy got breaded up like chicken tenders. What do we think about Fernando Tatis in the Bay Area? Not the Bay Area, whatever the fuck they call San Diego. I mean, he's like the bad boy of baseball. Love to see him get paid. And the Padres are just like playing with Monopoly money right now. They really are. And that seems fun because – the no salary cap system is just mind blowing to someone who's a huge college sports. And then the other sports have like a stricter salary cap. So, I mean, the Padres are just playing like the Yankees right now. So let's see if it works off. Yeah. I mean, growing up, it was always like the Yankees, Red Sox, all these big name teams are the ones that are spending money left and right. Like they're not going to let anybody get away. And now it's like the Dodgers and the Padres are signing a $300 million deal every single offseason. You mentioned the words monopoly money, and I think that's a very accurate um, – it feels very much like they are playing with monopoly money. At what point, if you are another team in the NLS, do you just th- – besides the Dodgers, because they're really fucking good, do you just throw your hands up and go, well, we can't compete with that? I Didn't mean, the Rockies re- already do that? They did. <laughs> That's actually a really <laughs> good point. The Rockies did just that. And then the Diamondbacks are just like, shit, we already committed too long to trying to compete like two seasons ago. And now when we're competing, we have two of the top four teams in the entire league in our division. So thankfully they extended the playoffs, but we're not going to benefit from losing 67% of the games to it. And we might not know if if extended playoffs are are here to stay. Unfortunately, there's rumor. What's the incentive for them to not just throw their hands up, though? The incentive, fan interest. But then, I mean, they're not like Cleveland's the only small market team I've seen that has like real real fan interest. Though. I'm they don't. Cleveland. That's the thing. Fan interest is but like whenever is, they were good and they tried, like there there was like legit fan interest and. In, people cheering them on so but like i haven't seen the rockies stadium ever packed like this decade so yeah that's true hmm. so so let me ask you this and i saw this today and i just want your guys's gut take to it it's not the docs it's just off the cuff fernando tati signs with san diego and they're the 27th biggest media market and they're on the west coast does having a star like that in a market like that make baseball worse versus if he was in a better market like in L.A. or New York? Um, Rex, let's start with you. I mean, at this point, I don't think it really matters. I'm just happy that a small market team 
kept the best shortstop in baseball. That felt like, like a shot. Like, that felt like a shot. Oh, that did not mean to be one, but it worked <laughs> out a lot better. But, I mean, Tatis has the most hype since probably Bryce Harper. And that's where it's just like it's great to see him stay with the team and hopefully ride out the career there. I mean, it would be great to see the fathers good at baseball. So, uh, Sam, do you echo that, or do, or what do you think on that? No, I mean, I don't. I don't think the media market has anything to do with it as much as baseball just being stuck in the fucking mud and being stupid, and yep. just just allow people to share highlights. Like, just let people do it so you can grow your game. It's stupid. I mean, Tatis isn't probably isn't a top ten. I don't know if he's top ten player in baseball. I'm not that like in depth and I'm not that in depth with my knowledge of baseball. So, but I know who Mike Trout is, but I never fucking see him. Like mm-hmm. it, it makes no sense why this guy who's supposed to be one of the greatest players to ever play baseball, we can never watch because he's on the West West coast and he doesn't do any marketing deals. At least Tatis is actually like marketing himself. Yep. And, and, and so I'm glad you guys echo that because I had the same sentiment and I felt like like scrolling through the Twitter the Twitter sphere, it felt like I was the only one that felt like, no, it's good that he's in a smaller market because it shows smaller market teams that you can keep these guys. And like I, the Padres are stacked this year, which kind of parlays into the next point. Win totals came out for teams. We covered it on Gap to Gap this week. The Dodgers at an astounding 104 and a half win total over under, highest since the 99 Yankees. I mean, you guys have in here what would make you bet the, the over on here? I mean, their I roster. The over. Their roster. That's what I would do. We talked about it on, on last night because we actually caught it at 103. And fuck a duck. This seems like the easiest over. They're in a 110-win team. I'd take the over in a heartbeat. Just because th- then you have a season long of fun. Like, who wants to take an under on that? Like, then you're just cheering on. Like, if you don't have any real rooting interest in baseball, like, and you just want season-long fun, like, why not just tune into a Dodger game every now and then and hope they win? Just check the scores every morning. Get them to right. 105 wins. So we have a lot of different uh, definition of fun because this under seems like fun because, one, you get to root for the underdog every day. Two, mm. that's 60. They can only afford 60 losses. Three, if they – some books say you only have to play 150 games for this bet to qualify. So who knows what's going to happen. So if they make that threshold – They have already said they're going to play 162. Yep, so that's where if something happens, if games get canceled, if they never get made up, books are saying 150 to 155 have to qualify for the win total to, to like still cash. And the last one is I think it was the last five times – Three of them have been the Yankees. When a team has been listed over a hundred and like three wins on the win total, all of them have cashed on there, and neither of them, and none of them have won a hundred wins. So that's where it's just like the margin of error is too small. That it's like Clemson, not Clemson, and eleven and a half wins is the best example where one small slip up. It's a smaller sample size, but they can't afford any slip ups because the late game variability, who's their closer. Is just going to cost them too many potential where 62 is going to cost you this. Hmm. That's an interesting. You're looking at it too analytically for me. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sam's just like, wins are fun. I'm going to be a dumb sports fan and just like throw $100 on the over and just be like, okay, yeah. Like, wins are fun. I want winning. Yeah. <laughs> on the flip side of that, the Pirates are at 58 wins, the lowest since the 93 Marlins. I mean, the Pirates are bad, but the Orioles are bad. The Mariners are bad. I'm sorry, the Rangers are really, really bad. I mean, I think 58, that's 104 losses. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of losing baseball. I think I have to bet the over. I don't like how that sounds. I don't nope. I, I can't I cannot in good faith say 50 that, that Pirates team is gonna hit 58 wins. I have to go under that. I have to. Was well, the central is the central good enough to like scare you off? Or the like, central sucks. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. The NL Central is dog crap. Then you're really rooting for an underdog every day, Rex. You have to take the over. Well, this made me think is Andrew McCutcheon the best baseball player of all time that made the Pirates a competent, uh, competent franchise for like five years because like before he was good and after he left the 58 wins like I know the Orioles went for like 40 some the last year the Marlins have done it multiple times it's so hard to think but in baseball right now the bottom is that bad where I came and convinced myself to back the lowest team to win total over because it's not even profitable over the history you like when that, teams are bad, they're just bad because one, there's no incentive to try because there's no salary floor, which I think could a hundred percent help baseball. What, oh, so they need a, there needs to be a salary floor in baseball. Yeah, just I agree with that. Period. Breck saying that McCutcheon, best player in baseball or history, like Ruth Aaron McCutcheon. That's what oh, that no, was it, was, it was all yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it, but it was more of a joke than anything else. But it's just crazy to think that they made the playoffs, and ever since that run, they didn't make it for, like, what, 20-some years beforehand. doesn't look like they're going to make it for another 20 at this rate. Beautiful ballpark. It's a, it's a shame they're wasting it. Oh, my gosh. It's the most, it is the most beautiful park that I've been to. I've been to six, I think, um, and, and, it's, and, and that includes Fenway. I'll take I'll take uh, PNC over Fenway in a heartbeat. I love PNC Fenway. Fenway is probably just more historical than yeah. You go you go there for history, not yeah. Agreed, beauty. agreed. But and I'm they, also not paying a hundred and ten bucks to fucking sit on a bleacher seat or a bench seat. Like, all right, we get or the behind historic. a fucking pillar like I did. Yeah, we can we can bump up the cost a little bit, and put actual seats in the stadium. We get the nostalgia effect of it, but. That might, increase, yeah. that might increase the rate now. of sinking. What's that? Because isn't Fenway built on like a, a swamp type area or like I think it's, it's sinking into the ground. It, it, it does sink down like it's below street level. But I think it like sinks every I don't few know. years. Let, like, let it sink. Let it sink. It'd be better for baseball. Wow. Baseball is better without Fenway Park. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> college basketball. <laughs> Fuck, I can't even go on that. College basketball. Uh, Duke's Jalen Johnson opts out of the season. I mean, he's going to be a top draft pick. And Duke is 
not Duke this year. He quit. He didn't opt out. He quit. The the 2020 word is opt out. No, it's not. I don't give a fuck what the 2020 word is. It's 2021, so we're saying he quit. I mean, this like this is like the same shit as a uh, Reed Gilbert. Like whenever you have two games left and you're just gonna opt out because you're homesick and your body's sore. Shut the fuck up. You just want to make your money. Like say that. I'd, I'd have. I was gonna say. How do you feel about? How do you feel about when guys opt out of bowl games? I understand it. So what's the, the difference? Games, the bowl game's an exhibition. But the way you're phrasing it, he said they just say they're sitting out. Like they That's fair. Out, they don't say they're opting out. That's fair. Like you're quitting. Sitting out and quitting are the same thing in my book. Like opting out is has been allowed to become this term that everyone can use. Like Jamar Chase opted out. He hmm. he didn't play a single game. But if you if you go two thirds of the season and then your season's not if they're making an NCAA tournament he's not opting out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's quitting. Let's just call it how it is. Let's stop saying the pussy shit. Like let's go. <laughs> right. The way I'm more looking at it is, <clears throat> it makes smart because he's been hurt, and when he does come back, he hasn't been performing well. He's just hurting his stock by continuing to play especially with this Duke team. So financially and for himself-wise, it's definitely the smartest move. But what Sam said was if they were a, pl- if they were a March team, there's 0.0% chance he'd be opting out at this point. But the craziest thing I've seen with it is Duke had Jalen Johnson. Houston had Caleb Mills. Johnson wasn't a player of the conference type of player, but Caleb Mills was. Two of the more notable players have opted out. Mills is transferring, but the teams have gotten better after they left, which is, I think, the craziest thing ever because gamblers, gambling Twitter, all over fading them after the players leave, and they end up playing better because it's getting, like, the bad egg out of the system. So I was just about to say, that's what it strikes to me is – is these teams get a guy that's not into the system and is in it for himself, and you get him out of there, and the team's able to say, "Okay, now we got the like you said, the bag out, the bag egg out the the carton, and now we can just be a team versus being a one man show." I actually I understand that logic. Sam, yeah, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no, we, I mean I saw that with LSU this year. Like when after the Arik Gilbert guy transfers, they they go beat Florida at Florida, and then beat Ole Miss at home. Like the team rallies together, I think, and definitely there's some to the it, it kind of has the same feeling of uh interim coach mm-hmm. where you where you hammer the interim coach but you just like after one of the the all about me player trans or like opts out you hammer the the rest of the squad yep i'm, I'm with that 100 percent um i mean we're we're a month out from selection sunday how do you guys feel right now about the tournament at large? I'll start with you, Rex. How do you feel about, about as we're as we are approaching Selection Sunday, do you feel there's anything that we know? No, I'm nervous as hell that it's not going to happen. Oh, you've, you're worried about it just straight up if it even yeah. is going to exist. Yeah, all the implications, what happens if a team gets it, Cool, the other team moves on. If it happens in the lead eight, damn, that really sucks. But last year was rough where it got – I mean, Villanova was playing and they didn't come out for the rest of halftime. Like once halftime happened, it was done and there was no more season. 
So I just need it to get there. Everyone knows that there's two teams that can do it. And I'm just really hoping that the field wins at this point, that it's not Gonzaga, it's not Baylor. And it's a shame that we only have a month left because then I just have baseball and soccer to watch. And that's when the dead time of the year really kicks in for me. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. I mean, the Phillies are irrelevant. Yeah, thank you for even putting in that like in. 2012 and 2013 is when I stopped liking baseball. And then once they get good again, I would love it because I love Aaron Noah. But other than that, that team's dreadful. So that's Thank you for even putting the thought of this getting canceled out into the universe. We I don't was going to say, I, did, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no. Like, it's an indie. Just let me have it. Like, we're going we're gonna to kick back. I got couch space open. I got floor space open. If you need uh, a stay for indie, if you want to come to the tournament, hit me up. Um, oh, this, yeah, is, this I, is the official invite? Yeah. I got, it's I'm, more, running, uh, I'm, I'm running out 100 by 100 uh, air mattress spots on the floor. Are they six feet apart? <laughs> yeah, but it's more of the it's more of the fact that this week has been the most canceled games. Granted, there was that terrible storm, but in the ACC, it was more of COVID cases. And hopefully, if you get it now, like right this day, if you get it tomorrow, you're screwed for March. That's Rex's declare that. No, I think there is. I think you have you have you if, going into next week. That's whenever you're screwed. I think like you have like two days to get your outbreak in, and then after, after that, you're you're screwed for March. Yep, we've seen the layoff take too big of an effect. We've seen that just if it happens that late, you could have a key guy out. That maybe teams are just planning it out that get it done now rather than later. But yeah, I just hope it happens. I just had a take pop into my late on me, and it's gonna be a bad one. It's gonna be. Um, Hated, maybe, um, but I'd take Champ Week over the tournament right now. Because Champ – Tell me on this take. Champ Weekend, ever since I've, like, turned into a gambler, I've looked forward to Champ Week more than I have the opening weekend of NCAA tournament. There's always a game on. Like, you are never out of it. You always have the opportunity to kind of make up your money if you lose, but obviously it turns into shit because you just keep losing. But, like, I think on Thursday and Friday of Champ Week, there's 150 games each day. And it's incredible. You're never wa- not watching basketball. Like, you can have the quad box going at all times. It's awesome. You're a big quad box guy, huh? I don't know. I'm more quad box for the NCAA tournament, but I mean, if, if you can get, if you can get the quad box going at any time, why not? <laughs> I live on the quad box because ESPN well, has soccer and basketball. On the quad box. How do you guys focus with the you, quad box? You key in on one, and then the other three are for commercials and if something crazy's happening. So you focus God, one. The other yes. three are there for score watching if you have a bet or something else. I've got two TVs in my living room. I just keep like, I keep, I have two, uh, both hands. I'll just mute like once one's on commercial, just mute top, mute bottom. You got the Octobox. But to echo echo Sam's point, like conference weekend is awesome because it's going to make a Campbell versus UNCG game seem like that's in the fucking first round of the Big South Conference. Look like the top of the world, so. Yeah, it is good, but there's nothing like oh. March just where you know you have a select few. You have only 64 games. I'm there not standing. For, 
I'm not standing for Campbell slander here. Just I want that to be on the record. Do you like the like them releasing the seeds? How they're doing? How they've been doing it the last couple of years? Do you all like that? No, no, stupid. It makes yeah. no like especially it, it in basketball. Like it especially doesn't work. Like, yeah, it doesn't work for football like football does because like you don't you're not making up any ground between one and four. Like you kind of yep. know who the one through four, one through the one seeds are like Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Ohio state one seeds. Like you're not making up any ground and saying who does it, who's in and who's out. Like if they did that for the bottom, that shit would be even better. Oh yeah. I would, I would like that. The bubble updates. Yeah. Like if they, if they did actual bubble updates and not like Joel and Artie being like, Oh, these guys are in. I, hmm, that's interesting. I, I could definitely get on board with, with a, a bubble preview. I'd be down for that. It's hmm. just like how many teams is in that threshold because this season you could say that's 30 teams that are currently on the bubble because you have to make all the 11, the 12s, the well, yeah, 8 play-in teams, and then like the 10 games and the 10 teams, the 15 teams off the bubble. But that's that's, just where that's part of it. That's, you already know else. who the top 16 seeds are. Like, if you have 30 teams and you're like, okay, you need this. And, like, this is where you're ranked, stacked up against who, who else you need to get in. Like, that would be awesome. All right, so somebody, somebody explain this to me. This is something I never understood. We get these last four in, but then they're, like, 12 seeds. They're, like, 14 seeds. If you're the last four in, you're a 16 seed. Like, am I, no, am I wrong? Yeah, it's because like quality you, of conference and like competition where 13, 14, 15, or 16, there's 32 college basketball conferences. Those are if I'm, good enough, if I'm good enough to be a 13 seed, if it's 13 or it should be 13 or 14, not 13 or out. I don't think so because if if you're doing like automatic bids and at large bids all the way down, like seeding like that, like you're not, then you're going to have like, Butler, the Butlers in 2001 would be, or like 2011 would be like four seeds and not eight seeds. That's fair. I could understand yeah. that. I guess I see Sam's point more now where you think crazy ultra spectrum where there's 32 conferences, there's 25 teams that are ranked. All 25 teams that are ranked make it every year. Let's just say all 25 teams that are ranked don't win the conference tournament. That means you have 57 at large or 57 teams that would make it automatically. So you only have nine bubble teams, eight bubble teams. Okay. All right. I can see that. You've, you've talked me out of it. You've talked me out of it. All right. Um, Rex, soccer has a red zone channel. Sell me on this because I am utterly confused. It has a red zone channel like twice a month like two or three months out of the year for a day. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and then it, it was on CBS Sports then, Network too. What What the fuck is a soccer red zone channel? Like, oh, they're, they're on the, you know, the last quarter of the pitch. We're going to cut there now. Like, now how do you, so, how do you dictate that? Like, it's not like football where you can just like cut in and it's like, oh, they're literally in the red zone. Huh? How about that? Yeah. Is well, it like, is it PKs and then replays of goals? So there is kind of a red zone. There's kind of a red zone in soccer, which you can call the final third, I guess, because that's where the dangerous area is. 
But it's more of that there was eight plus matches on at noon and at three o'clock today. So they did it. So you get the volume effect. But they were kind of like two minutes behind live time. So they kind of knew where the big chances okay. were building up where a goal was. So they planned it out where, where they're a little bit behind time. But whoever's watching it isn't a live better or a gambler. They're just watching it to see soccer. And that's the kind of the point where it worked out well, where you could key on one match, watch them just kick the ball around the whole time, or you could key in on the better spots and then go into the top matches for two minutes when there's absolutely nothing happening. All right, here's the here's the important question. Are there commercials? No commercials other than when all of the games are at halftime together. I was say, in yeah. regular soccer, is there commercials except halftime? Nope, it's a. That's why it's the best sport to watch. You know, it's taking. That's aggressive. Calling soccer, I I will deal with football and its commercials. I'll deal yeah. with basketball. I'll deal with cricket and its commercials. Well, half cricket, time you don't have cricket. to deal curling on its commercials because that's you got Red Zone Channel. Or if, big, right, if you want to really improve this. Stagger the start times. Make sure never, not all games are on halftime at the same fucking time. Be smart about it, and let's get cooking. Come on. Are you let's, a big red zone watcher, Sam? I sit on I sit on my ass and watch red zone for seven hours every single Sunday. I love that. I'm not, I'm not a big red zone guy, but I appreciate red zone guy. I mean, so that's I the only way I, I get our, our highlights out on Twitter. Look at you. Bam, 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 bam. Look at you. <laughs> That's just that's amazing to me. What do they call it? Do they call it the final third? For soccer, yeah. Oh, okay. So so it literally is the red zone for soccer. It's the final third. Yeah, it essentially is, but it doesn't have the same scoring implications, but yeah. No, 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 no. I'm I'm saying the channel. I'm saying the channel. No. Uh oh. no, it's on CBS Sports Network and they call the show Golazo, which is stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. If it was the final third, I, I was going to be in on it, but now, now I'm out. <laughs> um, weeks, we'll we'll come back to it. They need to yeah. they need to build it up a little bit. <laughs> let's put it in a box. Let's come back to it. We'll circle back. All right, time to pay the troll toll. Rex, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, I mean, I was hoping these commercials would die off by now, but they keep getting stupider and repetitive, but just with different scenarios. Heineken Zero might be the dumbest product that spent this much money on marketing because you can't tell me there's that many people there buying 0% beer. Just seems like a waste at this point. Like the first few were funny, but like they show people like, oh, I'm taking I'm drinking and driving. You can't, you can't drive tonight. No, it's alcohol zero. Like, oh, we have a work meeting at 2 p.m. and I brought Heineken Zeros for the team. Like, no, no one's ever going to do that. It's just an outplay joke at this point, and it just seems like the money marketing has just run its course. I understand yeah, I the point. It. I understand the point of zero zero alcohol beer. It's for you know alcoholics that want to feel like it's beer, but it's not. But like the scenarios they pitch in these commercials, like has anybody ever been in a meeting and a cooler's come on the table and and like your ears peak up, and be like, oh, I hope that's I hope that's Heineken Zero. I hope that's Bud Zero. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's what like uh, the guys in Shawshank were were hoping for whenever they got their cooler when they got their beer exactly. on the rooftop. Heineken exactly. Zero, give it to me. I think I just made a commercial for him, by the way. Sorry, that comes out. <laughs> it's like uh, shit. Was that Bud Light? No, it was, it was the Tide Ad. That's what. 
Yeah. <laughs> you think you're watching a Shawshank, but nope, it's a tie dead. <laughs> Sam, do you got one? I got two. So earlier this week, I had some that really grinded my gears. Of course, it was from UCF. They hired Gus Malzahn earlier this week, press conference, introductory, uh, introducing Gus Malzahn. And one of these stupid fucking reporters quote at, asked, quote, you've dealt with some fanatic fans at Auburn, obviously, but do you have a good grasp of the, quote, pressure cooker you're walking into here at UCF? Shut the oh, fuck you mean up. Those, those soft fucking millennials that uh, claimed a natty when they didn't make the playoffs? Dude, shut. These guys are so fucking stupid, and they just need to go. Like, I'm so sick and tired of them. Whoever let them claim a national championship and hang a banner, hang and a put, sign, put it on the stadium. Yes. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, I can't oh, wait. Actually, it's Gus Malzahn's fault because they beat Auburn in that stupid bowl game. <laughs> it's come full circle. This is the asshole's fault. I can't wait till like 2034 and you know, or 2035, Fernando Tatis's contract is ending. My my buddy who just had a kid, his son is now turning 14. And he flips on a UCF game and he sees 2016, right? National champions. 17. 2017 national champions. And he pulls out Google or whatever the fuck they're using at that point, And he doesn't see UCF in the playoffs. And he goes to my buddy and goes, hey, dad, what happened? And he goes, oh, well, <laughs> they went undefeated and they thought they deserved a shot. But because they didn't, they just claimed it. The only thing UCF has done that's relevant in the world of college football is turn Joe Burrow into a good quarterback, into the greatest fucking quarterback that college football's ever seen. Because after that hit in the UCF bowl game, he went from like average guy barely hitting 300 yards to I'm going to drop 350 and four touchdowns on your face every game. That's fair. And that's fair. Shout, out, shout out Devin White for after that game. Like, entire LSU second team plays UCF, and then they beat him. And he asked, they are asking if UCF deserved a shot in any sort of uh, playoff competition. He just chuckled and laughed. That's great. So, I, I think two, it's funny that Malzahn got knighted at the press conference, too, from the mascot. Like, who? guys are fucking That's a huge honor is some fucking college Whoa, wait, junior. Wait, hold on. Hang knighted. on. I missed this. What happened? He got knighted, like how British, I don't know. So we're talking about Sir Gus Malzahn. We're not talking about Coach Gus Malzahn anymore. We're talking about Sir Gus Malzahn. Yeah, I guess that's the way we have to refer to him as now. Oh, if you think I'm ever going to refer to him as anything but Sir Gus Malzahn anymore, you are sorely mistaken. (laughs) Then my number two, uh, NBC, their new Young Rock show that they're doing. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had Ed Orgeron come out at, at his, from his time in Miami. Like some hack job who had a terrible <laughs> Asian accent. Like maybe the – like it was the lo- most low-budget Ed Orgeron I've ever seen. Like you got Joey Molinaro out there to just do a voiceover and have a guy like mimicking the actions. Like it was if, all- I, if I can attain the audio, I'll put it in here. If not, keep going. Okay. I mean – it's on Twitter, so. I mean, I was going to put it in the podcast, you know, up the production value a little bit. You know, maybe maybe endear ourselves to the fans a little bit. No, I mean, I'll send you the tweet. Okay. It was there pretty awful. That's the so easiest bad. way to put it, was, it. He had long-ass hair, too. He, he had long hair. He was, like, coming up to He's like, 
Oh, the beast of Bethlehem. Uh, I don't drink coffee. I eat it straight into the blood. Yo, yo, yo. Shut the fuck up. That was like ESPN reporters whenever they did their little gimmick where every single ESPN sideline reporter did an Ogeron impression. Like they all had better impressions than him. I don't know what you're talking about. Tommy has a better impression than him. We're talking out here talking about the Tigers. Yeah, they literally just found a guy and was just like, all right, we didn't tell you to make this voice, but you have to make <laughs> it. And we're not going to care how good or bad it is. It's all just right, so, that you're the guy we chose. You just have to do it. So let's say this. Would you rather have had him be this character, character or be a guy that knows he can't imitate Coach O, so he just goes out and goes, hello, uh, hello, Beast of Bethlehem. I- I'm Coach Ed Ogeron. Why, like, why are you trying to make it? Uh, why are we making a biopic about The Rock? And and it's the a, youth? Not, not a biopic. It's a comedy documentary. It was a sitcom documentary. This is so fucking stupid. We we need new ideas <laughs> for TV. We're not we're not deba- debating the ethics of Young Rock here. We're debating Ed Ogeron. And then he and then he gave like the little Mahalo thing. Like, yeah, that you're was... from Pennsylvania. What the fuck are you doing a Mahalo for? <laughs> Azure's recruiting boy. I love it. My troll toll is me because I'm just a big fat stooge. And um, I, so uh, I don't know if you guys, whoever's Catholic Lent 40 days, 40 nights supposed to give something up. I'm trying to give, get myself healthier. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to, you know, work out more. I'm actually going to like go full tilt for this thing. And boy, oh boy, I'm a big fat stooge because I finished a workout and I went straight to McDonald's and grabbed a shamrock shake. So the big fat stooge train might, might not be slowing down anytime soon. Yo, I troll tool screw Heineken zero shamrock shake might be the worst thing ever produced. Rex, we're going to fight. fight Rex. It's literally crushed toothpaste and milk. It's literally what it tastes like is crushed toothpaste and milk. Yes. We are gonna fight. Yes. Damn, you're on the, the anti-shamrock shake too? I'm on anti-fucking chocolate and mint together. That shit doesn't belong together. Keep it no. separate. No, it's mint milk. chocolate chip is the top ice cream probably no. out there. But oh, a shamrock I'm, shake I'm anti- just I'm tastes worse, like toothpaste. I'm worse than Rex. I'm, no. <laughs> no mint, no chocolate together. That shit sucks. I'm not sure I can do this podcast anymore. I can make you one in my bathroom right now, Tommy, a shamrock shake, and it'll come out just <laughs> as good as McDonald's. I don't even probably have the ingredients, but I have toothpaste and fucking milk in my apartment, so I can make you one. I'm fucking shook, y'all. I'm fucking shook, boys. This. Well, I'm glad you're I'm- working out. I'm glad I'm, I'm happy for you. So I'm not going to control that part. But a Shamrock Shake, there's like probably a hundred other things in the world you can name that I would have like congratulated you for for getting after a workout than a Shamrock Shake. But I, I, I'm actually speechless. Can I join you in, in this big fat stooge thing? Because the we anti big fat this... stooge, or are you trying to be a big fat stooge? No, I, I am currently, and I'm trying not to be. So, All right, then hop on the train. Let's go. I'm, I'm like, we just had like a family discussion. Like, Listen, competition Mur- is Mur- co- Mur- competition Mur- starting now. We're post quarantine. Like, 
good bods. Like we're doing, we're doing it. We're all going on a diet, having a weight loss competition. And tonight, I, I was literally scrolling through DoorDash, just looking like, am I going to be the big fat stooge tonight? I just love the image of the Murphy family sitting down, and be like, guys, we are a collection of big fat stooges. It's, it's time. It's, it's time to shed the quarantine. Tonight, so. Oh damn. Yeah. So sorry. To, sorry to any shots across the bow to the Murphy family. I just gave. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's it. I, the I, Murphy fans in Louisiana, but they don't do diets down there. I would imagine. <laughs> um, I don't think we have anywhere else to go now. I think no. I think we have to wrap up after this. Yeah, I, Sharon, I, 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 sucks. That's how we sign bro, off. I'm gonna. We're been. gonna fight, Rex. We are gonna fight. Oh my gosh, you are you're fighting words. I'm not here for it. And we have to end the podcast right now or I'm punching my webcam. This has been episode number five. Maybe our most contentious episode ever. Maybe our last episode ever if I can ever get through this this, this quandary with Rex here. We'll see you get back to work. We're out. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to look up in the tree. Who else is a leprechaun?